Welcome to Numb Bill Stand Podcast, or episode number 145. It's your host, David Palermo. Find Numb Bill Stand everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as you know, we are a part of Grandstand Sports Network. Get on there, GrandstandSportsNetwork.com, the best view in sports, a great network of sports podcasts. you got the Lockdown franchise all about that. So there's Lockdown Bills, Lockdown Spurs, Lockdown Name a Team, and they probably have a podcast with it which means that there's a standard of good podcasts, and we are proud to be a part of that network. And they got me on the sidelines for training camp, so thank you. Right out the gate, though, I don't want to forget, I'm giving away a season ticket to come sit next to me, and it will be the Bucks game, I've decided. So, again, if you don't know how to enter the contest, what you need to do, get on iTunes or wherever you rate podcasts or send me an email of why you think you should go, and that's Dave at numbillsfan.com. What you got to do is just leave a review of the podcast and screenshot it and send it in to me. And the funnier, the better. We have some pretty heated competition right now. So check out those five-star reviews on iTunes, etc. And lastly, brought to you by Punch Drunk Sports. PunchDrunkSportsNetwork.com is coming out. And we are the podcast that covers the Bills. Pretty much comedians who have podcasts about a sports team and... I guess I'm the victim for them. So check them out. Three comedians, San Tripoli, Jason Tebow, Ari Shafir. We just had Jason Tebow on podcast 141. Make sure you check that out. Really awesome to have him on. And uh, part of the DirecTV Red Zone channel. So he's right before Andrew Siciliano's ear. So he gets a lot of information. Very trusted, but had an awesome time. Check out San Tripoli's stuff, the Tinfoil Hat podcast. And also Ari Shafir has a uh, special on Netflix called Double Negative. So on the line with us now, it's the two-minute mark. You know, I'm going to play like a, uh, I'd like to play some music here, but I don't have any more to put here, but a drum roll would help. And on the line right now is Mike Smith, your fantasy football guru, and his name he wants to be called is Fantasy Smitty. Is that it? That's what some people call me, Fantasy Smitty. Mechanical Smitty, you call me what you want. So name your you sources of who calls you Fantasy Smitty. Is it your wife? Hey, hey. Yeah, I don't think the wife calls me Fantasy Smitty. Does she scream your name, Fantasy Smitty? It's uh, it's uh, it's something I picked up a long time ago when I was uh, just a young, young, young little lad out there. Just a young so, little turd leaving turds, turds and turds in. Well, you know when you're, you know pimple-faced and you got a high-pitched voice in the seventh grade and you talk about fantasy sports you know you names stick for a long time so hey mike didn't you run some kind of crazy this is like a thought your brother danny was telling me you ran some kind of crazy 40 time in like work boots when you were like a teenager what, what's the story with that well it wasn't a crazy 40 time when i was younger before i uh got injured and tore my acl and how many times have you torn your acl isn't it like three times three torn acls twice on my left knee once on my right knee all playing football um i mean when i was i don't know 13 i could run a four seven four eight but um i mean i tore my acl and i tore my acl again and i i guarantee you we're not running a four seven four eight today so you know, those are days of long, long, long ago. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Like, I, 
Mike is like an old friend, like an old family friend from years ago. Not even part of that family, but like, um, I would go golfing with Mike, and I went through like this golf phase, like you know, where every time he would go golfing, he was golfing for the last time. He went through a competitive, uh, I quit, I'm never golfing again phase. Are you you still you still in the I'm never golfing again every time you go golfing phase, Dave? Name the last time I went fucking golfing, fam, and I'll tell you clearly. Hey, yeah, I picked up ice hockey, way fucking cooler. Um, hey. I don't get as fat, and I don't got to wait. Remember that time we booked? You know why I don't golf anymore, Mike? Because we had that nice time where we go to fucking Brockport, and we booked Brockport. You're like, dude, man, we're going to tell work. We're going to fucking Tuesday. It'll be 11 o'clock. It'll be mint. I'm like, yeah, dude, let's fucking go. You and I go, what happens? We get stuck behind some old fucking useless people who have nothing to hey. fucking do, but these old hey. this old hey. guy's busy in the high grass. Picking out balls and I'm waiting to drive off the tee. Go fuck yourself, dude. Yeah, hey, that guy's you, got his communion you, money. He's good. He's good. He's good on a moldy him. fucking golf ball with a stripe on it, you which is a range ball. Join him. That's all. <laughs> so what do we do? We fucking wait. You can't catch a rhythm in golf when there's fucking old people. Well, I mean that's not necessarily the case. It's we're not good golfers, Dave. You don't just catch rhythm. You have to. You have to have some kind of skill before rhythm sets My in. My point you know is, I mean? is we catch up to these people, and then I'm waiting there. So Mike is great because when they say you go like 80% when you hit the ball, Mike goes like 180. He makes the ball hard. disappear. It looks like fucking like I mean, Pluto. Most you people really would crush say it. I'm a, a hard swinger. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I myself, I can't get the ball down, so... No matter how hard I hit the ball, it always goes very high and never far enough. So, you know. Yeah, but dude, you're talking like 300 yards consistently. Like, you really do hit the ball 300 yards consistently. Like, guaranteed. Guaranteed. I I wish I could hit it 300, but that's not. I mean, I can, but it's not a consistent thing. I've never seen a ball from like an amateur, like like a like just like a casual friend, just get so small. Like it, it, dude, like really. And I told you one time we were going. I'm like, dude, I like that you absolutely just crush it. And you're like, you know, man, I appreciate that, David, because everybody's told me not to do that, and I was just like, no, if I just keep doing it, I'll get used to it, and it really works. Like, well, that that's the thing. Like, I have the I have the I'm either hitting it or if I try to take anything off the club, like. I can't, I can't swing 90%. I can't swing 80%. It's all or nothing. Um, if I try to tweak anything, even if I don't try to tweak anything, you know, you can end up in the weeds, but if I slow it down at all, I swear it just throws off the game. And, you know, I've had a couple of nice hole runs, you know, I've gone the longest for me. I went five holes of par golf. I mean, to me, that was great. That was like, the peak of golf, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't get a full round in, but you know, those five holes, it felt real good. You know, things were working, but uh, dude, we walked there. Remember we walked Cardinal Creek, 18 holes. And what was like, did we walk in? It was a stupid time, like two hours and 20 minutes or something. We walked oh, 18, yeah. 18 well, holes. You go up there, you do uh, the old approach and hit you know without you know playing uh golf etiquette and all that you can definitely get around in 
And Cardinal Creek, man, that's going way back, Dave. It's Dude, not the, even... the, those green, that's Timber Ridge now. I don't know why I'm giving them free shout-outs because the builders are one of the cheapest builders ever, um, hey, he, allegedly. He did, some work, he did some work over there. He, uh, he's he got people on the course all the time. So I mean, Yeah, good for him. <laughs> I may or may not have done some work in there and, you know, whatever, dude. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I ain't got no beef, fam. Just saying, well, you know. Sounds, sounds like no, you no, 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 no. I keep a pro, dog. I'm a pro. He did put okay. a lot of work into it. Very fascinating to see the amount of work they put in there. But, like, yeah, the greens aren't concrete anymore. I remember, like, and I had a nice drop with, like, a, uh, I think oh, a yeah. seven iron. And it just, like, fucking, like, it literally landed. was like concrete and it would the ball like you used to be able to hit the the cardinal creek greens and the ball would bounce up like 15 20 feet and it would be ridiculous like the only way to land on the greens is like you had to wait way short you had to bounce and roll like there was no other way to hit those greens you had to bounce and so, roll 80 yards prior <laughs> Yeah, and they had that they had that old man and I remember the last time I went out there, that old man he's like, Yeah, the greens are playing real nice today. And then the first one I'm like, Okay, I got a nice ball, I can see it. I'm like, Oh yeah, we're about to I'm about to have a nice divot to pit to repair on the green and that thing bounced up like it was concrete. Like I hit a concrete car path and boom, I was like fifteen yards off the green after uh we finally got up to the balls. This is ridiculous, but you know. I, I remember hitting that ball. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna nail the green into the side right more hole. Hell yeah. No, it bounced off like a parking lot. And I swear you're right, dude. I think the cart path didn't bounce it up as high. <laughs> yeah, no, it, those greens used to be atrocious, and that's why it was a barren wasteland and you would drive by and you wouldn't see any more than, you know, a couple workers out there. So I play golf like the Bills, you know, zone run scheme laterally, side to side. <laughs> it's like if I'm on the fairway, I'm stoked, you know. No, I'm with you. If I can, uh, if I'm not losing golf balls, uh, I'm happy. Like, I mean, I'm not expecting to be anywhere as close to par ever. Dude. So, like, if I'm not losing golf balls and I'm not, like, soaring them into the woods, like. Remember the time you went to Braemar and there was that big trench and we hopped in there, both of us. We hiked up our shorts and we had about three Wegmans bags full of golf balls. That was a good time. See, that's when. That was good value. When you're on a slow a slow course you get to scoop up some golf balls you know and uh you know that's the that's why you have what a, how many balls do you think are in your the bucket in the house like 300 in your garage there oh yeah i still have that planter of golf balls i have moved that planter oh my god dude yeah and you would come take out the title as v4s you prick like you probably owe me money just because pro pro v1s buddy whatever pro v1s pro yeah, v1. you gotta get the good one all right well let's hey. get into football man this is dumb <laughs> Yeah, seriously, Dave. How's that fantasy team doing? So let's recap, Michael. Um, Re- recap last week. What happened there, Dave? So last in there. No, 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 no. Mike, don't forget the title of the show, <laughs> Whose Face is on the Logo. I take the direction. You kind of like wait for me to go, oh, all right, well, okay. So let me set up, Mike. Shut- okay, go ahead, Dave. All right. What happened? So... Mike had a bullshit trade that he offered me, which we'll get into. And then there's a 2.0 of that trade as well. Um, 
So if people don't know, I drafted David Johnson number one in the 16-team league. Yada, yada, yada. Dude gets hurt, obviously. And the next pick I had was Kareem Hunt, and I didn't do any draft research. Michael was nice enough to hand me paperwork and really help me out for once he fall through. And it was great. And then, you know, the only thing I heard this draft was after Ware was hurt in Kansas City. So Kareem Hunt was right up there. You know, you got Andy Reid kind of expected it, but you never know. So things are working out for Kareem Hunt. He's essentially saving my team. I started three tight ends, like I think a couple weeks in a row, and I went one and two. Facing Mike, one and three was last week, coincidentally, when we had Mike on. So Mike offered me, and we agreed as, as buddies to not offer each other bullshit trades. And long story short, Mike offered me a player whose leg got broke. My quarterback, David Carr, ended up getting injured. And ironically, after getting ripped on for starting three tight ends, Mike's tight end, Travis Kaus, just absolutely obliterated everything. And I had Kareem Hunt to go head-to-head. So, Michael, you can rebuttal on this as much as you want. The floor is yours, and then I'll pick apart your baloney. Hey, I just wanted to let you know... You know the ship. The ship just hit a rock. You uh, you might want to pass that up because it's going down. Okay, Dave, you got crushed again, and uh, I'm looking at your team. It looks like uh, severe beatings in the future too. It's, it's not getting any better for that team. So um, you know the the trade. Hey, at the time they were good trades. I mean, two for one. When you know when you're when you're well, hey, what were the trade offers that you offer? Because you text me to go open up, oh check out the trade offer, but coincidentally hey. the guy who talks so much forgets to add the player Kareem Hunt in the five text conversation. Okay. So, so clearly you- you're trying to get away with something like a bullshit. Oh no, no. Chris Carson's and Braden Cook or Joe Mixon and Braden Cook or Doug Martin and Braden Cook. That's a solid two for one. Um I mean, obviously, you want way too much, and that's fine. I'm not going to completely deplete my depth just to get one player, although I'd like to improve. But, hey, you know, if I got to keep these guys around, I'll just keep them all. Can I ask you a question? Did Kenny Kenny Britt die? No, he's just, Why is everybody on my list just injured? Oh, my God. I get you bye week fucking idiots for the bye week, and you fucking yeah. things have a D next to your name. What's that even mean, dude? That means uh, doubtful, Dave. Oh, and, my uh, God. I mean, the good thing for you is that I can help you out this week. Look, man. You know, what do you mean I, I can't? Can... What do you mean I can't drop Rex Burkhead? What? I never said you couldn't drop Rex No, they're Burkhead. telling me I can't. Oh, because uh, they, yeah, they already played last night, buddy. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I, man, dude. Unfortunately, the best I can do for you is, you know, I mean, I can do Sterling Shepard, Adam Thielen, and Joe Mixon. I mean, those three players for Cream Hunt—that's a solid deal. And like, given what Mixon could become, I mean. That could really explode for you. I mean, your lack of depth. I mean, you you probably want to pull the trigger right now. So you do this like right right on the podcast. We can have this done in minutes. Yo, man, I'm just really Three disappointed that, that my dog Kobe Fleener didn't put out. You know what I mean? I thought Kobe Fleener was gonna pull through and he had four points. Four point one. You know what I mean? Like 
my three tight end thing here are Charles Clay, Fleener, and uh, whoever the hell I just subbed out. I don't remember, man. Like, dude, things are really downhill right now. They're not looking good. They're well, not looking good. Hey, Dave, like I said, I mean, you got to pull the trigger. You can't uh, you can't rely on your draft because, unfortunately, due to injury, you're in this position. If David Johnson was playing, you'd probably be all right because you'd have two top running backs. They'd be two top overall fantasy players, but you only have one. And one is a very, very lonely number. That's not going to get it done in this game. So, you know, I say pull the trigger, Dave. Adam Thielen, Sterling Shepard, and Joe Mixon. You can start all three of them this week because, I mean, I'm looking at your team right now. And I'll tell uh, you what. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do Mixon. I'll do uh, I'll do Mixon. I'll do Odell Beckham Jr. See, Odell uh, Beckham Jr. I'll do not even- I'll do Kels. And um, I'll and get, um, and uh, yeah, maybe uh, Brandon Cooks, and I'll give you Demarius Thomas. I give you uh, Kareem Hunt, and then I'll tell you what I'll let you make suggestions on how on what you think is fair to that. Okay, so you only want um, all four of my best players. And Odell Beckham Jr. for Kareem Hunt, that's like almost a fair trade by itself. So Mm. Demarius Thomas is definitely Mm. not worth the others. And it's like I told you last week, because you were very excited and Kareem Hunt was going to score you 500 fantasy points. And, well, he didn't live up to those numbers last week. He had a good game. But he didn't live up to a 500-point fantasy producer, so he's already fallen off pace for 500 fantasy points. So his value just decreased again. Um, again, Damn, dude, this would really suck to have to cut off these dumb trade talks. Man, you know what? I guess you're not interested anymore, and I'm not interested anymore. So, hey, go you down know, with the ship, buddy. And you know, I guess I'll just take it, and uh, I'll just see you in the playoffs. You know, it's, it's a hard start, but you know, we could turn around. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, 16 teams. I mean, as of right now, in the standings, you are uh, you're definitely behind. Um, I am tied for second. There's one, two. Three, four, five teams at three and one, and there's one team at four and zero. Oh, so those are your six playoff teams, and uh, I got some two and twos out there for those guys. And then there's the bottom of the barrel, the one and threes and the zero oh and four. Now how and many? That's where you are. How many one and threes are there? Mm, two. How many zero oh and fours? Three, four, five, six. The there's bottom six. six. Oh and fours? No. Between there's five one and threes and one oh and four. Okay, well so I'm you're, coming you're, out to be two and three after this week, baby. You're in that group and you're definitely not coming out this week with a victory. Like I mean, beyond beyond the fact that your team has injuries to your best player going into the season, um, you also have the problem with now it's bye week. So you didn't have anybody before. 
now you really don't have anybody like this makes it even worse for you because now well you're Kobe Fleener I mean that's a blessing for you that he's out but uh Demarius Thomas is your second best player he's also out Burkhead is out David Carr is questionable but he's not going to play oh my god dude I have nobody to play I have nobody to play right now. I have Jordan Reed is questionable. Kenny You're Britt starting. is doubtful. And Demarius Thomas is on a bye. Charles yeah, Clay's in. Jamar, holy fuck. I'm fucked. I mean, you can plug the Rams in. Hold on. Hold uh, on. Yeah, yeah I, just, I, mean, I just did plug the Rams in, dog. Okay, I, I'm so doing this over the phone right now. You literally have to hit the waiver wire just to fill a roster, and it's not going to go very well for you, Okay. So you're gonna you're gonna be one in five, unless you take that three for one where you know you can fill your roster and come out with the victory. So okay, so go to all offense. Okay, now this is this is the thing though. Is what's cool about this is I'm in a different division than you. Let, let's see how this works with your coaching right here. Okay, um, if people want to know what my lineup is, again we're in a 16 team league and we're just trying to talk you through what we call the process. Okay, we're going to trust the process. Now, here's the deal. My team right now is Blake Bortles starting, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Charles, Charles Clay. Jamal Charles is on a bye. He's got to come out. Well, I guess Jamal Charles is coming out. Kobe Fleener is on a bye. I got to lay it out there so people know what the lineup is, Doc. So, I got Mike Wallace, the Walsh kicker kid. Rams, Derek Carr's out. Jordan Reed is questionable on a bye as well. Kenny Britt is doubtful. Um, you know, that means he ain't playing. So Rex Burkhead is out because he's out, and I don't know why I'm still holding on to him. Demarius yeah, Thomas is on a bye. The Broncos are on a bye. And David Johnson, as always, went to IR because that was my number one pick. So I'm in here in a pickle. And you know, so again, I gotta one shuffle. Five. I gotta shuffle this lineup here. We're one and four, yeah. And you got two teams in your division, so you're in a tough division too. I mean, that division the, looked like my draft was awesome after I was done. It did, it did, it did. But um, you're sinking fast with the ship. And my my professional advice, like Sterling Shepard, Adam Thielen, and Joe Mixon for your one player, you're not going to do any better than that. Uh, you should really pull the trigger. You you don't have much. You don't have much of a pulse at this point in the season. It's early, but your team is abysmal. So if you were to go on the waiver wire, right? And it seems like your team is set here. Yeah, what, I'm not picking up anybody. Like, what would you? suggest for me well for you dave if you want to keep the theme that you're going with i mean <laughs> ej Manuel's out there i mean that's a definitely that's a definitely hey you got i really thought about getting coach. ej Manuel because he's facing baltimore like would you start ej Manuel over blake bortles somebody dropped blake bortles i fucking got stoked i was like how do you take blake bortles i would not start ej Manuel. Um, I honestly think that game's going to be a, a dud. I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring. Could be wrong, but um, I don't see EJ Manuel lighting up the scoreboard, and Baltimore has shown that 
it's not very good at lighting up the scoreboard either. So it's not even like they're going to be getting blown out where he has no choice but to pass. Um, oh, you know who you should go grab yourself? I mean, when you're in need, you're in need. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very thin. I don't know. I mean, you could go with like a... Did even a guy want to get like Marquise Goodwin per se? He's hurt with a concussion, and I actually had him earlier in the year because I figured number two receiver on San Fran. Uh, Paul, I mean... Ri- <laughs> Paul Richardson would be... I mean, he he did have a... He had no targets last week, um, but... Uh, I mean, he, he put in 9.9 points, 9.9 points, 11 points, 9.5 points, no points last week. I mean, for for what you have, he may be one of your best options. I mean, you're a tight end guy, so um, Tyler Croft scored two TDs last week, so maybe he'd be a good flyer for you, you know. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, there's not a lot of people out in the Wyver. I mean, P.J. Richardson... Uh, I mean, is Miami ever going to play offense? I mean, Kenny Stills is available, but they don't seem to be able to move the ball. So, why is Jake Cutler starting over Matt Moore? Um, well, Matt Moore is not a quarterback. Like, he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Because John Murphy really likes Matt Moore, man. He thinks like, hey, man, that guy's a viable, you know. Very okay. good backup, maybe. Because I, I really thought Matt Moore was okay. I don't think he's mm. awful. I mean, he's I mean, definitely beat the Bills. He's definitely looked good against the Bills. A lot of teams have looked good against the Bills in recent history. So that's not uh, exactly a nod in anyone's favor that they were able to do well against us. But, um, yeah, Matt Moore, he's a good backup, but he's not a starter. They got the right guy. They just can't protect the line. They're not running the ball. Um, I mean, they're under duress back there. I mean, I don't care how good you are at quarterback unless you're, you know, the greats. And even even Tom Brady under duress isn't slinging the ball all over the place either. So they got to they gotta shoe up the line and they got to get running. And I think they can be fine later. I mean, his best season was with Gates or Adam Gates. So. Okay. You know, it is what it is. But again, uh, you know, they're who are they playing this week? Oh, they're playing Tennessee. Yeah, that again could be Tennessee doesn't have its quarterback Mariota. That could be a that could be a malign game. Not a lot of offense again, unless Miami can flip the switch. You know, I I mean I'm at a loss so. Is there any sleepers that people should look out for this week that you're you're looking at here? Well, at this point, there's no real sleepers um, out there. I mean, if you're in a league, maybe uh, if if Wendell is available. And so you got to go into detail who these people are. Like, what team are they on? Who are they playing? Why would they be a sleeper? Pretty much is what we're hitting. The running back for. The what is it? Hold on, I'm drawing a blank here, obviously. 
It's okay, Michael, because I'll go into news while you look that up. What about Jeremy Curley for me? He had 8.7 points last week. Uh, they're playing Cleveland for a for pickup. You, for you, Dave, anybody is sufficient, although I don't think there's anyone you can pick up on the wire that's going to make your team win. Like The only way you have any shot at being relevant in this fantasy year, you, you're going to have one of the only teams that has Kareem Hunt who is not in the playoffs. You, you're going to have a wasted Kareem Hunt. There's going to be people talking about how he, they rode him to a championship, and <laughs> you're going to be like, I rode him to <laughs> the bottom of the standings. <laughs> like, it's it's a, an interesting thing you got going on with Kareem Hunt. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the best I see out there for you right now is P.J. Richardson. Um, I mean, Stefarian Jenkins – He's gonna, he's gonna get some targets, you know, four to five. I mean, can he put it in the end zone one time? Um, so, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's had five targets a game. I mean, what? It's it's weird. It's like, what if what if Kenny Stills just does turn it on? I mean, who it's knows? Not Kenny Stills. It's the whole offense that needs to turn it, it on over there. That's what I'm saying. It's like. Is that gonna come together? Never. I I can't, I can't trust it. You know I, you know you got guys like Antonio Gates, but that's Antonio Gates, and he's got seventeen targets, nine receptions. He caught three passes, but I mean, dude, I can't do it. Like this is so hard. So did you come up with what you were looking for over there for uh, a running back sleeper? Or yeah. a late pickup? I don't mean to put you on the spot. It, it'd be Wendell Smallwood, but he should be available in most leagues. Um, I mean, unless you're in a deeper league. Um, essentially, with Sproles breaking his arm and tearing an ACL all at the same time, Wendell Smallwood is going to fill that role. And not only that, he's still going to get a, a, a sufficient amount of carries. Um, he's only 13 carries behind LeGarrette Blunt overall. Um, so he's going to see a lot more catches, especially in a PPR league. If you really need somebody as a flex, um, he would be, if still available, a nice pickup for you for like a flex. And that's a running back from Philadelphia. From Philadelphia. Yes. Okay. Um, so that would be something, um, I mean, essentially there weren't, there weren't too many breakouts last week where you have players that. Um, would be out in the waiver wire that no one has really already got yet. Um, and then with lack of injuries, I mean, the injuries that happened last week, no one's running to the waiver wire to pick up EJ Manuel, who I'm guessing is almost available in all leagues at this point um, because he's EJ Manuel. So, um, I mean, if you're in a position where you have to pick somebody up, Fill a flex, I mean, tight end. But um, it, it all depends on your format and, uh, you know, what players are available to you. What do you think about um, a guy by the name of Albert Wilson, wide receiver out of Kansas City for the people in the deep league? You know, he put up – he had five targets last week, four receptions. Um, I need to stop the bleeding somehow. Um, and- I mean – Again, I mean, that's just 
going to continue the the problem you have on your roster. You have too many people that don't get enough targets, and yes, they can have a game. I mean, obviously, there's many players on all teams that score, but they might only score a few times a year, and one week they may do literally nothing, and one week they may have 100 yards and a touchdown. And if you have a full roster of that, it's not going to work. And for your team, with your lack of depth, I mean, at this point, you need to pick up people to play because you don't even have anybody, anybody, anybody to, to, to fill a roster. So, uh, I mean, he could be a good potential pickup for the week. Um, but, I mean, Houston's defense has not been performing very well. They've been more of a offensive-minded team, but, you know, they can still get to the quarterback. Um, so the good thing is for him, Wilson, he's not the first option. So he's going to be single covered all day long. He's essentially probably the fourth option over there in Kansas city. So behind Kareem hunt, um, Kelsey, who had a monster game last week. And honestly, I think they're going to be targeting him some more this week, just based on, matchups over there in Houston. So, um, yeah, I mean, Albert, Albert Wilson might not be a bad pickup for the week. I mean, it only takes – the one good thing is if you pick up a receiver for your flex, it only takes one play to uh, to make a fantasy day, you know. You catch one, one long pass for a touchdown, that's it. That's all the points you, you can, you know, rely on from any, you know, given fantasy player in every week. Now, listen, my whole view is I'm trying to plug in 10 points, okay? I'm trying to get 10 points out of that, and odds are someone who's on the up and up. There's a fantasy alert right now for my team. I just picked up Paul Richardson from the Seattle Seahawks, and, hey, he got all three of his targets and got nine and a half points. No, yeah, no, no, that was Indiana, week, dude, yeah, yeah, Indianapolis. So he had his the first game and the third game, he had seven targets. So, I mean, he's going to get targeted. No, he's a great pickup. I mean, and I dropped not, Kobe Fleener. I honestly, I actually had him on my team. I drafted him and I dropped him because, you know, my roster was just filling up and, you know, he was not making the cut. But, I mean, in your situation, he's definitely the best available. And uh, you still got one roster spot to fill, Dave. So now, what's do you have any other news while I still scroll the waiver wire here on the phone with you? Um, now, a guy, I, I would love to go through ad player, okay? So I'll go to ad player because for the deeper league people, this is like really what I, pod, what I want a podcast about in fantasy leagues, Mike, is because you're so deep. Now, how many other leagues are you doing right now? Well, if you count the basketball <laughs> leagues... Um, I'm in about 10. Now, how does best ball work? Best ball is very easy. It's a good way to, to get leagues and you don't have to really do anything. Um, I'm signed up through draft. Um, it's an app for your phone and you draft 18 players, no kicker, no defense, and you don't do any team management beyond draft. You just draft and that's it. So whether your players get hurt, or whether they're playing or not, doesn't matter. The best players at each position start that week. So um, if you draft six running backs and 
your top two running backs will fill the spot and a third one can go into a flex if he's a high performer or you could have a receiver tight end so it's just the top performer at each position will be your starter for that week um that's pretty cool man i like that yeah, no, it's it's a very uh, it's a very easy way. I mean, that's where most of my leagues were done this year. They're quick, they're fast. You're talking thirty seconds a pick. You can have a full draft done in like thirty minutes. It doesn't take long at all, and um, there's no fuss. I mean, you, as long as you're there and you draft. I was fortunate enough to have Kareem Hunt in three leagues, and nice. un, unlike uh, you know some teams out there. My three teams with Cream Hunt are all in first place. Um, you know, and in one of the leagues, I was fortunate enough not only to have Cream Hunt, but I also have Todd Gurley. So I literally have the top two fantasy players in the league on that one team. So they're just a dynamic duo. Um, but um, it's a fun thing. I mean, you know, you get to pick a flyer at the end of the thing. But even in a best ball, you don't want to just go all willy nilly with the end of the draft. I mean, you still want people that are going to play 16 games um, because that's the thing. If they're not playing, they're not producing. So, you know. You know, man, it's like I don't know what to do. It's like by the time, you know, David Johnson comes back, is that week six? I don't know. I mean, he's on IR. Week but- six? No, no. He's not going to be back until the start of fantasy playoffs. So week six, that, dude. That like, would you, nice. I don't know. I mean, if you think you're going to be in the playoffs, I would off Johnson right now for somebody just to start. Like, honestly, I would fucking do that, dude, because I think he, if he's out for six weeks, it would be week seven. He's back. Then ain't fantasy playoffs. He's only has an injured wrist, dude. Like, I mean, I don't know. What are they saying? I mean, only I say it's just, by the way, so weird in sports, like especially football. Where you're like, oh, it's only this. It's only and it's like, holy shit. These are humans. You know, oh, he went in for surgery the other day. It's like, uh, the, you know, if you really think about it, it's it's scary. Oh, yeah, he just had his knee scope. Like, it's nothing. Yeah, dude, they stuck some shit in your knee. And well, cleaned. I haven't heard any news on David Johnson, but if we look up some information, the last I heard, he wasn't going to be back for a long, long time. I feel so fucked. <laughs> like, really, man, dude. And so, it's like, you got to scope your waiver wire, but it's like, I believe fantasy football, you're kind of screwed because you don't know what these teams are the first four weeks. So, like, it really so helps Dick, to win out the gate. David Johnson, they're hoping he's back by Christmas. So, if he's back by Christmas, Dave, that is about eight weeks away. We're in week five. So, yeah. That's literally a playoff. Like he's not even going to be back until the playoffs. Like, and that's like looking like best case scenario. The return for Johnson would be well behind the mid-November date that Johnson. Yeah, so they're already saying he's behind schedule because they were talking mid-November as an original date, and now it's Christmas. So that's another five, six weeks additional onto what they originally thought. So it's not looking good. I mean, there's not too many players on my team that are worth someone that uh, is not going to play. I mean, you are, uh, like I said, your only hope is to try to trade Kareem Hunt for three players and 
you got it. If you don't like the trade offers that I'm giving you, which I'm like, I'm like, honestly, dude, I'll be real with you. I'm not even educated enough to know if you're fucking me or not. That's the real deal. And yeah. you can't be trusted. You know what well, I mean? Dick. You can't be trusted. If you, you put, if you could put, if you could put, dude, if you could really put something together that's worth my fucking time, I'll do it. But like, don't give me some fucking garbage. You got to be willing to give me up some goddamn well, fucking points, dude. Like, well, come Dave, on. What I would, what I would tell if you, you're is, give, if you're taking a guy who puts up thirty points, I need forty back from two players. Like, come on, man. This one guy is putting up thirty points a okay. lot. Again, pair up with Travis Kaus. Oh my god, dude. Come on, Ian, a, you got the I, targets? I'm not uh I'm not gonna say he's putting up thirty points a week. Although he has, again, I'm looking at going forward and I don't think he's gonna put up thirty points a week. It's not something you can just sustain. And his eighteen points last week was a far cry from thirty, you know. I mean it's a good performance, it's solid, but it's not thirty points. Um he put up forty the first week, so um, essentially he's gone nothing but downhill since week one. I'm not saying he's going to go, you know, bottom out and he's not going to start, but he is not somebody. It's not, it's not, he's not somebody. Nobody is going to put up 30 points every week. It's just not going to happen. Like I said, if you're putting up 30 points a week, you're scoring almost 500 points and people don't score 500 points in fantasy. So, um, again, if you're not, too sure on what you think's a good trade go online pull up a couple of trade analyzers okay i don't you care about trade place. analyzers man i'm a fucking man i'm gonna make my own goddamn decision i don't need no damn trade analyzers i'm doing my trade analyzing right now and i'm looking at your piece of shit roster you got jared goff starting dougie martin already played who put up 13.2 points. I can't, yo, your team is so balanced in the projections. I love it. And that's what I shoot for as a, as a balanced team. Brandon Cooks put up 17 points. Odell Beckham is projected for 17 points. And, and I and I bet he gets it at the same time. You know what I mean? I, I, hey, like, I, I don't know what to think about about Odell Beckham because it's like, it's like a gold mine. You know what I mean? He's going to get the targets. You got to throw in the ball. So... I mean, you have a pretty decent balanced roster all the way through. I'm not going to lie, you know, but I need to get something. I, I want to have a player that has the potential well, to, to get better as well. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, do we nice, do we play each other again or no? No, we won't So play let's each help other each other again. out. Let's collude. And it, I would never collude because I'm, I'm above <laughs> that, buddy. But No one's going to uh, listen to this from the fucking draft. Come on, get real. What I can tell you is Adam Thielen, I feel now that um, his quarterback's coming back, Sam Bradford, he's going to get – he he's been getting targets even without Sam Bradford. Without Sam Bradford, he's been getting seven and a half targets a week, okay? Um, he got 10 the first week with Sam Bradford, but I think the quality of the target is going to increase – once Sam Bradford comes back. And as of right now, they're projecting that Sam Bradford will be starting Monday night in Chicago. Um, so, uh, you know, you throw Thielen in. Um, last year, uh, Sterling Shepard, who is, again, he's going to solid get um, – he's going to get seven – anywhere between five and ten targets a game. And he too is going to, 
he's going to start producing more as the offense improves because he's the third option, but he's the slot receiver. So he's going to get a lot of underneath. He's going to get the short routes and he's not going to be double covered. Um, and last year with those 130 receptions and eight TDs, he was a solid player. Um, and then you throw in, you know, Mixon, that's three solid players who on a week to week basis are going to get you 10 or more points. They're not going to, I mean, they, they all can just like, you know, Shepard went for, you know, 30 points week three. They all also have the potential for going for 30 points, just like Adam Thielen week one went for, uh, 27, seven. So they all have the potential to rack up the points, but at the same time, they all have the consistency where they're going to get enough touches week in, week out where they're not going to give you four points or two points. Like, you know, your Fleener did last week. So, I mean, you're going to get three players that, you know, every week are going to be in your lineup. Like right now you're in a position where every week you don't know who to start. So you make the deal, and then now you have three. You already have Demarius Thomas. So now that's four players right there. Now instead of, you know, questioning four starters on your roster, you're only questioning one. So, I mean, that's that's about as good as I can do to help you out because uh, – Well, look, here's what I'm wondering, Mike. What are you wondering, Dave? Why on your team, right, Um. If you you have this running back, and I'm trying to get back to uh, your page here because I'm that right. Um, standings, there we go. That's the only way to look at your team, I guess. Of course, when I need the stupid thing to load, it doesn't want to load. So um, you had this running back on Tennessee that you're really attached to. Derrick Henry? Yeah, and why? Well, the reason why I just hold on to Derrick Henry is because uh... – Murray can get hurt at any time. And if Murray gets hurt, Derrick Henry is going to be a solid player. So I just kind of stash him around. So you just kind of keep that 0.7 points from last week, the 7.4 from the week before, the 15.2 the week before, and opening week 2.5 points. So that's really worth the fucking roster spot in case a guy gets hurt. So you have a handcuff on a player you don't even have. Correct. And I believe handcuffs are bullshit. And I love that I came into fantasy football when – and like when people told me the handcuff was, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Fuck that. So you're like yeah. next level handcuff. You're like third degree. Like you don't even hand the player. You're weird. This man. is true. This is <laughs> it's true, a little weird. It, hey, with, 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 uh, DeMarco Murray's history of getting hurt, you know, some handcuffs are better than others. Okay. Can we talk about Chip Kelly? With LaShawn McCoy, DeMarco Murray, and it's like, you know, they ship out LaShawn McCoy, you know. <laughs> DeMarco Murray is really more of his style. And then DeMarco Murray's in there, you know, with Chip Kelly, you really need more of a lateral runner. And it's like, oh my God. Oh, fuck. What the fuck? Okay. Well, at the end of the day, Chip Kelly's <laughs> offense just didn't, didn't compute. Dude, I love that that guy flamed out. I'm sorry. He just seemed like a douche He really did. Well, he really did, man. He'll be back in college. Actually, I think he got a job, but I'm not quite sure. Dude, your roster, really, the only thing I honestly like on it is old Al Beckham Jr. And uh, Doug Martin. Mm-hmm. Mm, you know, man, I was going to draft Dougie Martin. I think I, yeah. 
Yeah, but then again, he just he only played one game, so it's like I don't know. But damn, dude, five point seven yards a carry. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, last night the. I mean, I have to I have to dump my kicker because he ruined my whole fantasy roster. Nick Folk, he missed those three field goals. So by the, course, by, the, by the way, by the way, real quick, Mike, I did not watch the game. I did not listen to any sports radio at all. Do you want to give the folks a, a breakdown real quick of the Patriots Bucks? I mean, you can hand the floor, dude, if you want it. If you want to give a lower game review, like what happened in a nutshell. In a nutshell, Nick Folk ruined the whole fantasy value of the game. Um, it, it turned out to be a rather low-scoring game. It was 19-14 to because Nick Folk missed three field goals. Now, if they hit one or two of those field goals, instead of like trying to run out the clock and conserve the lead that they had late, they would have been throwing the ball more on both sides. New England would have tried to score again because they actually might have been down, so they would have had to score again. And then had they scored, it could have also put um, Tampa Bay in a position where they too needed to score again. But because he constantly just miss after miss, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be out of a job. I mean, in two weeks. They already said they're shopping kickers right now. Six field goals in two weeks is a sure way to lose your job, but he destroyed what could have been great fantasy because Doug Martin was having a great game, but because they were behind, they were throwing. And then when they got close enough to score, you know, folk missed. And uh, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't know we were reviewing this game through the lens of your fantasy football team. It, Mike. You know, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's more in depth because that's what it, it wasn't just my team. Like he took fantasy points away from not only himself directly and my team directly. Cause I had three players in the game last night, but he took him away from people that had Tom Brady and other wide receivers, Amendola and Hogan and Braden cooks. Like all these people would have had more opportunities had he made those field goals because there would have been more points and it would have pushed new England to, instead of at the end of the game, just kind of run the ball out, kill the right. clock. Right. conserve the lead they would have been slinging the ball around everyone would have been happy they probably would have scored another touchdown because at late in the game they kicked a field goal to just press their lead to a two score um had folk already had folk already done that they would have been more aggressive with their play calling um so again thanks for nothing nick folk not only did you cost me three missed field goals but you ruined it for everybody else too. So. Now, did you start Nick Folk? Yes. What the would, fuck, well, dude? You draft I, I think, me. I draft how you draft the indoor kicker for me. I mean, we out the door. I, I, and I you think, draft me shit. I think I've been a kicker hex because my two kickers so far have been Young Ho Koo and Nick Folk so. and Walsh. Hey, that's your kicker. That's not mine. Yo, okay? I ask you for a solid. Anytime I ask you for a solid, nothing happens. Nothing so, happens. Oh, fuck Dave. No, no, no. Okay. It's, uh, so, like, I can't even. You know what, man? You Again, just your credit score with me with with trades right now is a zero, and I'd rather just ride this out and, and put something that ain't even going to start in there just to have the zero. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Hey, Dave, you can ride the ship down. It's fine because my team is going to be fine 
with or without the train. So, you know, I have no problem. Yo, get okay. So Odell Beckham Jr., Dougie Martin. That you're for, already uh, asking for too much. Oh, okay. You're, Never mind. Then I got conversations over with that. So, uh, <laughs> what do you see with the Bills against Cincinnati coming up? Are you going to sleep on them or no? Oh, I've been thinking about this game a lot. And uh, what were you I doing when you were thinking about it, Mike? Well, you know, it's one of those positions where if you look at Bill's history and think of the last 15 years, like you, you, years, coined, you coined the, the, the phrase of me, by the way, Flutie curse. Oh, Flutie do you curse, want it? Can you sure. explain that for the crowd? Oh, the Flutie curse is very simple, guys. The last playoff we ever made was the year Doug Flutie won 10 games, sat week 17, and then Rob Johnson lights it up in process. And we're like, oh, thanks a lot, Doug. Uh, we're going to let this guy start. And uh, the Miracle City throwback, and that was the last play we got to uh, see in uh, Buffalo. And uh, we haven't been back since. I remember where I was. And you know, Mike, even back then, I'm like, these refs are fucking bullshit. And somebody should really draw up a cartoon, like a comic strip, where it's just like the refs back in the day. Oh, man, you know, we just can't see the camera technology ain't that good. And now you can have people live streaming the game, replaying it, sending it to their friends, their friends, while the refs huddle up. And, oh, we got a guy in New York, and clearly they're blind, too. At the end of the day, Buffalo overpursued and they blew it. There's nothing. There's nothing to take away. But right now, we're stuck in the Flutie curse, and who knows? I'd like to say we're going to break it this year. We're off to a good start, but it's a trap game. Like Cincinnati started really bad. They've turned on the offense the last two weeks, and you know Bills have started as good or better in this last 15 years, and things haven't, you know. Ended well, so um, I I know they definitely can win. They have the defense. Um, the line over there in Cincinnati is atrocious. They haven't been able to run the ball, and they have great running back Joe Mixon, um, who's very versatile. But there's no there's no blocking. So um, if you don't pay for the line, you know your quarterback and your running back and your offense is going to feel it, and that's what they're experiencing. Um, but I think that the defense can keep them in the game and. You know, I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. You know, it could be a last possession type game. And can Tyrod Taylor take us on a game winning drive? So that's that's what I kind of see out of this game. Some people are predicting the Bills to bust out the running game this week. Um, and I don't know what to think. I'm honestly not worried about Jordan Matthews being out too much. A lot of people are making a big deal about it. Philly Brown coming in for special teams. Um, my last podcast, Mike, um, I don't know if you checked it out. Our last one was number 144 called Evaluating the First Quarter of the Buffalo Bills Season, Buffalo versus Cincinnati Preview with Kevin Masseri from Lockdown Bills Podcast and Cover1.net. Um, so we reviewed it, and I pretty much said that uh, I, I pretty much railed on special teams coach Crossman a little bit, like, hey, th- this shit's got to get better because, you know, I'm shitting my pants when a ball gets taken out because I do not trust anything and and anytime a ball gets taken out there's a bigger percentage of a penalty you know what i mean and it seems like the same penalties over and over the same big long returns 
And special teams used to be a thing where you don't think about them. You know, it's it's nice that we're giving Hauschka credit, give, special, give the credit to special teams for the Hauschka field goal. No, give credit to Hauschka because the rest of the guys out there did what they needed to do. And maybe some credit to Colton Schmidt for the hold, okay? And it's like Philly Brown is brought up more on a special teams purpose. Will he be in the game? Sure. But I think people are forgetting about a guy like Logan Thomas, you know, who's making some waves. Another big target. He has chemistry with Tyrod Taylor. What I like about this team is they are not, and I've seen it firsthand, they, you know, during the camp thing, and it's like they're not unveiling everything. Do you follow? Like, they even actually took input from the from the players and, and incorporated some power run plays this past game. Which I thought was cool. You saw Richie Incognito polling and just obliterating well, that, people, you know? And and that's what is yet to be known. Great coaches don't have a football philosophy that they enforce upon their team. Great coaches take their team and the athletes they have with the abilities they have and they formulate a game plan to fit what they have you can't make people do something that they're not good at you know they're not good at it for a reason but if they have talents and they can do certain things you have to coordinate both offensively and defensively to the type of players you have so if he can do that he can be a good coach and that's what the great coaches do so four weeks in i'm not going to call him a great coach but um he started off good one guy I want to know about, too, is, um, you know, Charles Clay, I think he can hold up the production. And I think if, uh, you know, what's good about having well, these guys. He, he keeps on, like, from the start of training camp to week five, like, his his stock in that offense has done nothing but rise. I mean, Sammy Watkins leaving. Um, right there, he was already the number two option in the in the receiving game beyond LaShawn McCoy out of the backfield. And now that, you know, their number one receiver went down and Zay Jones, um, you know, kids got some skills, but he hasn't been able to hold on to that ball. So clear number one option and, you know, must start for you. Definitely. And a lot of other people out there. I mean, if I have Charles Clay, I'm playing him. He, he's definitely a top 10 tight end. Um, he might even be a top five because at this point, they the the position is scarce anyways, fantasy-wise, but he is the, literally the number one target, and there's not a lot of tight ends where they are the number one target. Not even Rob Gronkowski is the number one target where he's from, you know, So in New England. So um, to be the number one target and a tight end is rare, and – you know, given the circumstances in Buffalo, that's that's where he is. Yeah, I mean, wow. Yeah, I, I you know, I got to say what's cool is schematically, Tyrod Taylor has no attachment, no pressure, no radio stations going, Sammy targets, Randy ratios, the Sabres should tank, whatever the fuck they want to say. And, you know, it's just really nice that the communications department, the PR department for the Buffalo Bills has really just tuned everything out and you know like they, they did a really good job of, of stonewalling the media and not there has not been many leaks out of the bills and you know we really don't know what to expect and you know there's not 
a lot of they, they got rid of all that 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 noise you know and i used to like the noise finally the bills are getting talked about cool 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 but that noise does nothing but bring kind of like a negative energy to the team and a negative you know uh, uh you know like hey guys let's just do our work let's just preach being honest and, and doing our work and being good people you know that's what they're putting out there uh with some light humor not totally a belichick but definitely a tighter ship and and whether you know it, it, are people are they going to cover their ass when they have to talk sure but it, it's almost like this offense i don't know what to expect you know and it's nice that tyrod taylor doesn't have any of this external pressure to get the ball to player x and if anything it's going to open up other things in the game i love that some bills players get featured like week one mccoy boom does mccoy boom what happens teams tune you know the teams well, start be, tuning in i'd be interested to see what they do with chantrell henderson um i think he's due to come back soon i think week uh, I th- was it a five week or a six week suspension i forgot it's not well, six it might I'm be four sure. I don't know if they're going to cut him or keep him, but I honestly think he could help the offensive line. Um, and, you know, if you, if you help the offensive line a little, it can go a long ways with LaShawn McCoy, and then that'll open up the passing game because, you know, they're, they're more inside out. But, I mean, Tyrod Taylor, his ability to move around and extend plays is also huge for them. You know, like, I mean, a lot of people want to ship him out, but, I'm always, you know, pump the brakes, you know. It's easy to say a quarterback's terrible when he's got no time to throw the ball, but if the defense is playing well like this, they're not, you know, on the field, he's not getting murdered as much, you know, they can control the ball, control the flow of the game. So um, it's just a C thing. Like I said, this has been a trap game for the Bills multiple times in the past, so, you know, these are the games that if they're going to be good, they have to go on the road and they have to win. Now I know they went on the road last week in Atlanta and they won and it was great, but that was an injury situation. This Bengals offense is not injured. Okay. You're going to have AJ green out there all game, you know, and can you stop them? So I think AJ, I think, um, one thing I like about this team, Michael, is they come out focused. They, they they seem really even keeled. They, you know, you're hearing stories about the defensive backs hanging out together and going over film and all this and that. And, um, you know, every coach puts their own little spin on it. Like McDermott, the first thing you hear is, oh, we got rid of the video games. It's saying a hangout where it's like, well, you could say you could also have different coaching philosophies and maybe Rex's idea, whether it was enforced or not, was, hey, I'd rather have guys around the building where they want to work and trust that they're going to be quote-unquote professionals and, and stay d- diligent to the playbook when I'm not looking at them, you know? And, and you know, you could have teams like that, I'm sure. I mean, they say Pete Carroll's a fun coach to play for, and McDermott really does seem to live by, so far, the accountability factor. And that's like a big thing that Doug Rome preached was accountability, accountability. And we saw them. You want to talk about my fantasy team taking a dive? We saw Doug Marone run C.J. Spiller between the tackles for like 22 games before he figured out he can't run it between the tackles. And then they openly talk about it at a press conference that they're popping on chain gaily tape. And I always reference that as a reference point because it's bullshit. And it's coaches' egos getting in the way. And I'm seeing a coaching staff in McDermott where they're making adjustments every game. They're making adjustments at halftime. I love where the team's going. 
And who knows, well, man? Zay Jones could be that late season threat that emerges. I mean, as of right now, I can tell you they are a little too attached to Mike Tolbert. He is not someone who should have 35 carries at this point in the season. Not with that line not being where they're supposed to be yet. Definitely not. He, uh, he, I think that's the Carolina love. You know, they had a player that they're all familiar with. Uh, but beyond that, everything else is good. So, you know, let's not complain too much here. All right, Michael. Well, do you have anything else left for the class before you go? Do you want anybody to find you? Are you on Twitter or anything or Instagram? Like, are you on anything? No, I'm, oh, uh, what are I'm you good here. For? Okay. I don't, uh, I don't tweet. I'm not a Twitter bug. I'm not a snapper or a Snapchat person. I don't even know what they call it. But uh, you don't want to get dick pics. <laughs> I bet you like those, Dave. But uh, and just just to let you know, Dave. They they do know when you take a screenshot. So you know, word to the wise. I do know that much. But uh, no, it's going to be a good week. Got some good games, and uh, hopefully, the Bills come out with a victory. Uh, do you have a score prediction? Uh, I would say I am taking the Buffalo Bills 24 to 17 final. 24, writing it down, 17 final. Okay, well. 17 final. And that's the Bills? That's the Bills on the road. And, and I'll be honest, too. Um, You know, I've been paying attention more to Vegas because for some reason they figured out. You know, the, it's a three-point spread, and Bills are underdogs by three points. And uh, I'll be honest with you, you know, I think it's – our buddy Kevin was very confident on from CoverOne.net, and uh, he was saying, you know, this game, he thinks the Bills should just snap him out. He's like, they beat the Browns. Come on, get real. And it's like, man, as a Bills fan, oh, we're just sitting there like – I don't know. I don't know. But, dude, it would be nice to go to these games and just have confidence. They should. That's the thing. And that's the difference between, you know, who we want them to be and who they are. So if they go and stop them out, I mean, they're going to rise up. I mean, they're going to move up in the power rankings. You know, you win two games on the road and one at home against Denver, I mean, in three consecutive weeks. That's gonna that's gonna make people turn some heads. So, you know, we'll so, wait and see. Um, okay, I, I think so too. But Mike, I will say, if there's a team that seems prepared right now to handle this winning, it seems like this one. The Bills. So, all right, Michael. Well, thank you again, and um, I'll just let you go, and I'll just shoot you a text later. All right, buddy. You have a good one. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mikey. See it. All right. Well, that was uh, the hell do you want to be called? Uh, Smitty Fantasy Smitty. Don't ask. I love him. It's a good dude. So that's Mike Smith. Mike Smith is always a good time. Got plenty of dumb stories for you. Well, a lot of good experiences with Mike. So shout out to people checking it out. Any new listeners? Uh, fantasy football advice. Pretty much, we went over. You don't review? Okay. 
Mike Smith trying to save my lineup. I am one and three in a 16 team league. David Johnson went out. I'm kind of screwed. So what we'll do is every week we'll touch base. Him and I are in different divisions. I don't think we play each other again. So it's kind of like he can help out. He can help my team. Then what we could do is we can actually check back and be like, okay, well, you did give me this advice to pick him up. So the Seattle receiver I did pick up. Um, I was actually just looking on the phone for Zay Jones, and for some reason this guy has Zay Jones. I don't know why, you know, but whatever. He's also got Sammy Watkins, so kind of figured with Zay Jones' production that people would not touch him. So, again, Shockley's picked up over a, a Seattle receiver who has a bunch of targets. So, anyways, also Mike explained what best ball is all about, some sleepers to pick up, and, um, you know, I, I think – Mike has a very good point about the Flutie curse. And I will say, Doug Flutie is a pretty cool dude. I remember on my personal account on Twitter, I shot him a a tweet about five years ago. And uh, I I tweeted him, I go, Doug, I really feel you had a lot left in the tank for the Bills. And um, yada, yada, yada. And and he actually replied. um, He goes, I feel I felt the same way and, and quoted it. And had another line in there, too. So it was really cool for Doug Flutie to reply and, and actually quote it. So Doug Flutie always has a special spot on my heart. And I still believe he was pretty much dicked over and shouldn't have been played or uh, shouldn't have been benched. I will stand by that. And I still believe that the refs are full of shit. How can I go live from Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever the hell you want to go live with? And zoom in and then look back at it on my phone if I wanted to and uh, see see the replay. But you know what we can't do? What's that? Look up at the Jumbotron. We're going to go huddle in the center of the field and go, hey, guys, what'd you see here? Hey, guys, what'd you see here? Hey, guys. And it's like, how about you look up? And I'm sure there's enough technology where if you can't figure it out, I'll figure it out. I know a couple people who are cable guys or former cable guys. And uh, we can gladly go to the stadium and maybe do some picture-in-picture on the big Jumbotron times six. And then the other screens in there, we can do some more picture-in-picture so you can have all the camera angles. Or, God forbid, you set up, like, four GoPros and just hang them up. I mean, really, hang up four GoPros, four quadrants of the field. Is it that hard to figure out? It's 2017. So, yes, ever since Music City fucking Miracle, I've been a little pissed at the refs. Anyways, so, uh, you know, I think after that, I really stopped watching some Bills football for a while, and I got into music, and then I got back. So, look at love everybody. There comes a time where sports as a teenager, early 20s, yeah, more like a late teenager, just kind of sucks. You know, like when you date a girl who lives in Buffalo, I live in Rochester, and it's, oh yeah, we're Sabre season ticket holders, and it's a lockout year. But the Red Sox did beat the Yankees, and that was 2004. That was, that was pretty cool, not going to lie. So, hey, thank you for listening. Lastly, don't forget, if you want to sit next to me at the game, send a review into iTunes Review or if there's a spot where you can review podcasts or, I don't know, come up with something clever. Maybe get four friends to send you screenshots as they subscribe. Throw a like on Facebook. If you show me that you like me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you don't have those platforms, do the ones you can. 
send it to me with a nice email and maybe add in some more friends who subscribed or something like that. Maybe share it to a couple friends page. Make the case that you want to come. Um, I'm not going to be a sloppy mess. I'm usually really not a sloppy mess at games. I'm not really a big drinker, but you are welcome to even roll up with me to the game. I live in Rochester, or you can meet me there, give you my season ticket card, and you can come sit with me. And uh, it should be a good time. I really like breaking down the game, and, and I stay pretty focused. Um, you know, a lot of the people in the stadium are kind of stupid. It's, you know, obviously they're drunk. And now you're drinking a little bit later now because I think you can drink all the way through the third quarter, which is cool. Thank you for, you know, loosening that up. So uh, I really don't mind. But anyways, it's kind of like being in a bar where you have intelligent conversations with nobody but yourself or your buddy who's not that drunk. So I try to keep it real, not get too high, not to get too low. Um, you know, I'm a little emotional in the stadium when I don't hear the commentator. So I'm, I'm railing off. Oh, I'm Miller's a douche. Right? No, he's really not. He's a good guy, but I'm a little emotional. Um, so look, thank you for following along. Shoot a, shoot a review of the podcast in. send me an email, David numbillsfan.com. Send me a screenshot, whether it's on Instagram, DM, any way you can get it to me, uh, write up a review. I'll check through the reviews and, and pick somebody. Also, I'm probably going to do another game as well. So Check that out. Possibly looking at the Oakland game. Maybe a Patriots game if I could be really talked into it. Because the Patriots is a big deal. I got to take the buds. So I had some people who wanted some tickets this year to come with me. And I'm just like, whatever. You know, I can't depend on anybody regularly. So it's like, people want to go? Let's go. Spread around. Let's have a good time. Could take you over to the Red Pinto tailgate. Always a good time. You can see some real Buffalo culture. And uh, real good tradition over there. So tailgating since forever. And um, check that out. And shout out to the Bills Mafia group on Facebook. Thank you for you know, tuning in. Shout out to the Reddit crowd and, and everybody wherever you found this podcast. Thank you. And any suggestions, send them along. So lastly, brought to you by Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. Check them out. Great network of podcasts. I already said it in the beginning. You want commercials again? Go to the beginning. So punchdrunksports.com, go on there as well. And as always, you can support the podcast by clicking on numbillsfan.com through the Etsy store. Maybe there's some Bills memorabilia that I've put up and I sell for reasonable prices, just whatever. If you want to support the podcast or some server space, go for it. Thank you. Have a good one. Find me on Twitter, numbillsfan, everywhere you can think about it, Instagram, wherever. My personal stuff is David J. Palermo. Thanks.